Help! Okay. I was stuck back there. That's okay. Hey guys, welcome to Grim After Dark, the Frontline Gaming Network's weekly interview show where we hit the high points of the last week in the Warhammer community and talk to the best players and content creators from around the world about the one thing we all love, Warhammer, of course. Uh, tonight's guest is a literal giant in the Warhammer 40k community and a hugely influ influential force in the southern states Warhammer scene. Thomas Bird is going to join us to talk about what he loves about the hobby and the multitude of amazing events he runs with Tabletop Life. Uh, my co-host, as always, needs some introduction. Uh, he's Idaho's favorite son. He was recently disqualified from a GT for trying to use a carved potato as a proxy for a Terex assault, a pattern assault drill. It's Danny McDivitt. Wow, great to be here, John, as always, even when you totally lie about me. <laughs> well, so, like, I'm trying to make these intros unique week to week, but after, like, two weeks, I ran out of stuff to add in there to make it feel fresh. Sure. Uh, so now you're just potato carving models, uh, which you wouldn't be able to run at a GW Open event, just as a heads up. Um, it depends so, how good the carving is, John, actually. That's fair. No one's going to boil it to see if it melts halfway through the round. <laughs> but it would be um, delicious if they did. It would be. <laughs> Danny, the London GT is, is fast approaching. Uh, to promote the event, they've released top trump cards of players attending the Invitational. Um, this one is for Hunt for Red October superfan Manny Chima, um, which <laughs> is quite fantastic. Uh, it says special weapons, uh, submersible vehicles, uh, weaknesses, the passage of time. Uh, one of my favorite things there, uh, as someone who can laugh at a couple of things here, Danny, I'm going to ask you, if you were on a tr top trump card, what would be your special weapon and what would be your weakness? Uh, bearing in mind, this is a PG-13 show. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to say some things that were not going to be, you know, they're going to be outside the style guide. Let's just put it that way. Um, oh, as God, far I as... I don't even have it either. <laughs> Uh, as far as weapons go, uh, definitely uh, uh, the hardy chortle that I, that I give out. Uh, that, I would say that is, uh, that's my secret weapon. It disarms my opponents into thinking I'm just some, some filthy casual. And then uh, <clears throat> I would say for my weakness, um, I would say that I have a weakness for puns. If you tell me too many puns, I'm just going to get mad. It's going to tilt the shit out of me. So just so like you guys know. Some of the funniest things I've had whenever I've been paired against Danny, there's there's quite an obvious skill gap that appears like pre-deployment round one and then the end of the game in round two. Um, but I'll just sit there deployment and just keep making jokes and puns, like really bad puns over and over again. And I don't know if that's why he finishes me off so quickly um, is because the look on his face is just like dead white, gray, white shark eyes like the whole time. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, John, uh, I'm not usually known for finishing off my opponents, but for you, I'll make an exception. <laughs> that is fair. I appreciate that. And I will even provide the uh, wet wipe for afterwards there. Yep. Um, it's what gives hey. me such good sportsmanship scores. <laughs> Thank you for keeping those jokes PG-13. Uh, You're welcome. As uh, said in the style guy, which I reached for. Um so it's now time for John's weekly reminder um, that Black Templars are awful. And in fact, the worst faction in all of 40K, not even just Space Marines. Uh, we were actually sent this picture here uh, from a Battle of Lost Souls article. And quite phenomenally, it says that it, like they're thinking the new Hellbrecht is going to be based on classic art. And if you want to know why, look at this. And it's instantly just a picture of a bunch of Chippendale dancers. Um, now... <laughs> 
I know, Danny, there can be a lot that can be said about advertising algorithms, targeted yeah. ads, things based right. off your search history. Uh, I don't know what you're looking at, Peter. Uh, but, Danny, why do you think uh, the uh, uh, male dance squad of strippers perfectly represents the Black Tampoys? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, Thank so you. obviously we're looking at a screen capture from Seth, the Mad Doc's viewing of Bell of Lost Souls. Um, so, uh, I mean, we can just determine that him, like, uh, we can, we can just determine from this picture, uh, that they're into dancing and much like the Chris Farley, Patrick Swayze sketch of old, um, (laughs) (laughs) which is probably why I would assume that Seth would have that in his search history. Um, uh, Uh, Black Templars just want to party and they want to do it without any kind of negative body image. Yeah, that, that that's totally fair. Uh, so we shouldn't judge how they look. We should just judge right. the fact that they're an awful faction. That's right. They have to have their mom zip tie their guns to their arms so they don't lose them. That's just quite how bad this is. And this didn't mean to turn into a weekly bit. And if you hate this, then... That doesn't matter. Like Black Templars are just <laughs> the worst. That I just oh. Yeah, we're super into <sighs> feedback from our fans, right, John? Like oh, super so into it. Yeah. All of the feedback that you give us about how much you hate us trashing on Black Templar. Um, yeah, we're just gonna totally yeah. ignore it and keep yeah, doing this every single we, week. We will continue to. Yep. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Um, something else we want to talk about here. Horace Heresy fans have broken away from their usual hobby of converting true scale Marines to let their feelings be known about the newest Praetors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which are right here. Perfect. So the, the newest Praetors in our picture here, uh, it is uh, the unpainted guys are the new ones. And we're seeing a little bit of scale creep here. Uh, and the miniatures are getting a bit larger. Uh, honestly, gorgeous miniatures, Danny. Those guys look so amazing. All of the new stuff they're putting out. Mm-hmm. Even um, the guy that looks like the, the running away kid meme. Um, <laughs> still great. Still great. Uh, really cool models. Um, although, you know, these guys are heroes. So shouldn't they be maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit more impressive? I'm okay yeah. with that. Well, so the always reasonable 30K community have put down the Terminator torsos they were using to make their resin retirement account armies uh, slightly larger and taller um, to ask a reasonable question of Warhammer community, which is stop increasing the scale for heresy. And Warhammer officials' response of just no, yeah. I think is like my favorite thing this week. <laughs> it's just excellent. They've, yeah. You know, you've always loved to see when gatekeepers get tell, get told no. So, you know, you love to see it, right? <laughs> and the reason I keep on mentioning like the true scale stuff is I tried to find a picture of like, because I remember seeing the picture of like old Horace Heresy beside new ones for the scale creep. But every time I search for Horace Heresy Marine scale, thousands of pictures of people true scaling them. So I think it's like a little bit of gatekeeping maybe with like, well, I don't have to convert them to be massive anymore. What the heck? How can I be a special snowflake Perfect. now? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> hey, our favorite author is back again in the news uh, as oh. we try Gildemont, Aaron Dembski-Bowden, uh, obviously reacting to, to things we've said on maybe one of our Taylor, or as I'm now christening them, the Lore Bros. Um, oh, perfect. He said, uh, exactly. In this commentator land, negativity often looks like independence and insight. Positivity looks like naivety and shilling. Um, and I think, Danny, we're in the unique situation where we've been told we're both. Yeah. 
Well, that must that means that we're doing a good job, I think, John. If we get told that we're doing anything but shilling, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah, the negativity reigns towards Black Templars, and then shilling also reigns uh, towards everything else. It's true. Thanks uh, for the yeah. free stuff, GW. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, we don't have to let it be known that you know this was a review copy. Uh, thank you so much, and definitely don't check it out on another network. Um, <laughs> awesome, love it. So, uh, are you looking for more majors to play in now that everywhere is sort of going on? Uh, the SoCal Open is coming this October, the 22nd through the 24th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds in beautiful and scenic California. And I want to say with absolutely zero authority, zero permission, uh, and without having talked to anyone in Frontline before this, um, Reese will personally give you a free FLG-branded snow cone to everyone in attendance who says the secret phrase, I'm insane. Don't listen to me. Please don't cancel Grim After Dark. Five people enjoy moderately. Perfect. Perfect. You've really nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was an actual real life picture. It's certainly something I didn't Photoshop in five minutes or get frustrated because uh, Reese's Facebook profile pictures are all blurry. Uh, that is something that did not happen at all uh, a couple minutes before we jumped on here. Well, you know, John, when you take all of your selfies with a flip phone, you know, things, things, things don't, things don't come out crisp. Let's just put it that way. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, Danny, why don't you, we're going to get away from this bad content uh, and hopefully you can steer us towards okay uh, content. Well, Let's don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally all I do as I have to, it's in the style guide. Uh, oh. Why don't you tell us uh, about our guests uh, and get us going there? All right, John, as you mentioned, we have a perennial ultramarines player from the deep south of Hotlanta. He's uh, he's an actual giant, uh, like literally. Like, I don't know too many people that are like taller than me and I feel like short next to, but he he makes me he makes me feel small. Um, his spirit is booming. Boy. His his voice is joyous. Tonight we are joined by Thomas Bird. Hey, guys. <laughs> I don't know how I uh, come back with that great uh, intro thing. Danny, <laughs> you're shilling. No. Oh, sorry. He's terrible. Don't listen to anything he says. He <laughs> hates ultramarines. Let's run it back. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Thomas, uh, obviously, Tabletop Life uh, is, is your, your main sort of gig now. Tell us a little bit about what Tabletop Life is. So Tabletop Life, uh, so it started back in the day as Pro Tabletop. So if you uh, think back to pre-COVID days, that seems like a long time ago. Um, Pro Tabletop was kind of like, let's bring high broadcast esports kind of stuff to, uh, to to Warhammer. Let's, let's make a tournament. Let's af- offer a cash prize like esports. And let's do it. So there was a big controversy, a big shift from normal tournaments. We got a lot of attention. We got a lot of scrutiny. Um, but we had a great event. It ended up being Richard Siegler versus Nick Nonavati, a couple of names we might recognize in the finals. Uh, and uh, ended up going pretty good. It was, a, it was a great event. Everyone had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit and all that broadcasting stuff kind of went by the wayside. No more events. But uh, we've kind of re-turned uh, uh, the events. Uh, you know, events are starting to come back. We're going to do some more broadcasting. Warzone is one of our big events. Oh, that nice. we so we're going to be there in force. We have some new technology that we're going to unveil. So hopefully you're going to see some cool stuff there. But uh, right now we have a YouTube channel. We do a lot of video battle reports. 
you see me playing lots and lots of ultramarines um not so much these days this last month or so we've been kind of like hitting it hard for the big uh frontline gaming team tournament so big shout oh, out nice. to that we're excited to go to that uh without big atc you know we're big fans of that event so with that being kind of canceled this year that's our kind of big team tournament that we're all kind of looking forward to uh, as, a, as an alternate so that's in vegas that's in three weeks. <laughs> I'm still painting yeah. a brand new well, certainly didn't ask you to bring up the amazing Frontline Gaming's uh, team tournament coming up in Las Vegas the 25th and 26th of September. I'm excited. Uh, it's exciting. That's not, that wasn't the shameless plug. That was just like, that's what been middle of life for the last six weeks, just prepping a new army. Because one of our team members is playing uh, Marines. The rules say only one Marine player. Yep. I cannot play my Ultramarines. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with my life. So I have to play a whole new army. Um, and of course, I can't just use one of the existing armies. I have to I get a whole new army. That's just the way I am. So fun times. Well, Thomas, how do you feel about switching armies like that? Do you feel good about doing that for the team? Or, or is that is that hard for you to kind of get out of that mindset? Do you play a well, lot of other armies? I, I, I mean, I have so many. And over the years, I've played lots. But I've been kind of been playing Ultramarines for the last, I don't even know, three, five years. I'm like, every time I'm like, mm -hmm. I haven't quite got the perfect list. I can change it. I can update it. I can make it the best take all comers. And I'm always tweaking it. And I haven't got tired of it or bored of it. Um, but for the event, you know, sure, I'm going to be a team player. I was already kind of eyeing the sisters. They had just a new book came out. So I was always kind of excited about it. The whole uh, skill level of Miracle Dice and, you know, that kind of appeals to me, the complexity of the army. And if you can do really neat tricks with it, if you are really uh, understanding of all the mechanics. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take on the challenge. Um, yeah. But how much, with, of a, how much of you switching from Sisters to Ultramarines was like your opinion or like a Jaime level inception idea of, hey, you should do that. <laughs> we were like, our brains are like, well, one of us can't play brains. And they're like, you know, the sheer fact that he's just been like killing it with space wolves, like not necessarily one of the strongest factions in Marines that you would think. Um, I couldn't just be like, well, he's been winning a lot more events than I have. I can't be like, well, no, I'm just going to lay it down. I'm playing Ultramarines. Um, I can't, you know, I think we all kind of decided if someone was going to pick up an army, they, I guess they de facto decided for me, I would be the best one to pick it up the fastest. So um, I have a lot of different armies. Jamie really, Jaime just really has his space wolves um, and some ultramarines already. So we, we didn't really feel like he needed to pick up something quick. He was ready to jump on the on the grenade for us, but I feel like, hey, you're already top dog with your list. It's been tuned forever. I've been like tweaking my list for the last forever. So I'll find something else. And then I already kind of had that sisters army kind of on the shelf ready to get started. And then they're like, hey, sisters would be a good army on our list, a team. So so I kind of got it. So. Awesome. Sorry, Dan, you were going to say something? No, I just said it was, that's awesome. Uh, oh, I always love to see like, you know, that team spirit come through and uh, like really kind of come together. And, and it's what makes a lot of the stories for this uh, like team event so compelling. Like people maybe not playing exactly what they normally would all the time, um, but still coming in with an extremely strong team full of players. So I can't wait to see how you guys do. Well, thanks. Yeah, we're we're excited. They they uh, they have high hopes for our team. Obviously, we want to do well, but uh, yeah. those guys are, those guys are really uh, motivated. <laughs> I will say, how much um, was the fact that the LVTT is going to be like pure win loss rather than differential factor into you being like a bit more comfortable, say, switching to a different army or, or something that you don't have a huge amount of uh, experience with? So yeah, we. I think I started like, man. 
about a month ago, we basically made that decision. And I probably have like 30 or 40 games, in-person games of that. And wow. uh, at least 10 or 15 tournament games with it. So I've got a lot of reps into it. So I've got enough experience with it to understand what I don't like about that list and sure. what I do like about it. But from a team perspective, win-loss, I think, is it, it influences how the pairings go, about how you build your list, because now you literally could just win by one point and then you've won the game. And then some lists, that, that's all you need to do. You can really build your list just to score a lot of points. And you're like, hey, my list is built to score 85 points. Can you score more than 85 points? Then, you know, then it's going to be a game. If you can't, then I'm just going to auto win without really having to interact with your army. Some armies yeah. are terrible like that, you know? So I don't really like to have those non-interactive games. I really want to like push the action, have the little moments of fun, even though we're trying to win the game. I'm like, I'm trying to like, Gilman's going to have his moment, right? So everything I look at from a sister's perspective is like, yeah. this is not how I play Ultramans at all. It's not at all like that. And you have to care you can make it that way, but um, we're Danny, not- do you see sort of the, the meta shifting to this kind of pregame conversation? I was like, well, I can score 85 points. What can you score? And you're like, damn it, only 84. And then that's just kind of game. <laughs> well, John, <laughs> typically you don't have those kinds of conversations with your opponent by telling them how many points you can score automatically at the start of the game. Because, you know, you want to make sure that they don't know what your game plan is, a little, at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to kind of like metagame here a little bit, trying to figure out kind of new ways to win the game. If you go up with like enough confidence, but like, well, I can score 90 points. And they're like, how? I'm like, don't worry about it. That's just talking it out. This is my final score. I'll buy you three beers. I don't give away all the home cooking, but some of those lists, man, you're like, literally, can I stop you from scoring those points? Probably not. And then you're like, well, what can I do? You know, like I'm about to guess we're gonna play on primary because that's the only I'm not stopping any of those secondaries. Some some armies have like access to easy to achieve secondaries. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Played some practice yeah. games against Thousand Suns. You're like, I don't even know how I'm supposed oh, to stop. Oh my them. god, uh, Thousand even... Suns. Uh, they're Black Templars level. Uh, <laughs> awful. I uh, know necessarily the lore for these people, but but just the way the army plays is just awful. And Nurgle Matthew, uh, I love you, man. You're, you're fantastic, but your opinions about Black Templars are, are just trash. Uh, this point. <laughs> Um, dude, <laughs> but I, I can't, I can't, this is just, I, yeah, that's just where we're at. Um, so Thomas, you, uh, started running a whole lot of events even before, uh, pro tabletop and tabletop life, uh, in the hotline area. So what got you started in that? Yeah. So, you know, of course, you know, we love play more hammer play as many tournaments as we can, as much as the wife will let me, we we're kind of joking in the pregame show that uh, she just kind of throw her hands up and she just kind of expects if there's anything going on, I'm playing Warhammer somewhere. So that's just kind of the, the, the normal around here. But um, you know, anytime you go to a tournament, you play in a tournament, you start looking at things and you understand how things are and what you'd like to see better. And I think one of the, the big tipping moments for that is our group. I have another group that we're part of, the general staff, who uh, we ultimately founded uh, Warzone Atlanta. So what what tipped that off is like one of our big favorite events uh, was over Veterans Day weekend, which is the weekend we have Warzone Atlanta now. Um, it was called 11th Company. And he had a podcast, Neil Gilstrap, the 11th Company Tournament. And then that year was his last year. He was like, he was moving to Washington, D.C. He was kind of like not going to be running an event anymore. And we're like, man, that is our favorite event. And what made it kind of our favorite event is, you know, Neil and all the things that he did. But we like rent out a cabin or a lake house, a, you know, beach house because it's on the beach, Myrtle Beach. 
And uh, we'd go out there for like a week before this tournament. So we'd be hanging out, mm-hmm. drinking, playing cards, board games, and then we'd go have this tournament. It'd be this great whole long week kind of thing. I'm surprised you guys remembered the tournament part with the drinking and the beach. And yeah, exactly. Right? Like, well, that's just the kind of icing on the cake, right? So when he canceled it, we're like, well, what are we going to do? What, we can't. Now our favorite event's gone. So we were like, well, what if we ran our own event? And you're like, boy, well, you don't know what you're getting into when you make that statement because running events is it's a whole nother a ball of wax. But we're like, well, let's make it the best event we can. So we kind of said, yeah. if we had anything and everything we could have in a tournament, what would that be? Right. So we started numbering off on our fingers all the things, right? Right. So the first thing I was like, we got to have some drinks at my table. I'm not waiting in, in, a, in a line to get a drink. I want to have a, mm-hmm. a drink brought to me. Preferably an alcoholic drink if we can. And then uh, preferably an attractive uh, waitress will bring that to me. So um, so we like that's on my top of my list. So everyone had their top of their list. Right. We have tables with no. Uh, I'm like, I don't care about all that other stuff. Just as long as a, a scantily clad waitress brings me a drink, I'm happy. Right. So I like that. I like that. The side here is everyone's like, well, I think we need just really great terrain. Uh, a really great price pool would also be a good thing. And you're just like. Waitresses, beer. <laughs> yes. You can combine yeah, so, those into one word, beer wench. Like that's 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 what Thomas Bird wants. That's, that's right. all he wants. You got you know me, right? In a nutshell. Which is funny because I never drink as much now as I did back then. But uh yeah, that was the kind of the, the, the starting point of that conversation. So we really kind of dug into it and we uh really kind of strived mm-hmm. to, to make that tournament a reality. And we did, right? So Warzone Atlanta, I think in 2015 we had our first event and uh it was, a, it was a great success. And one of the big things about Warhammer that I feel personal about is it's, it's a it's a community event, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, once I start to see you and play you and get to know you, you become like family to me, right? You're like my extended family, right? So when we had Warzone, it became this kind of big family feel. Like, uh, there was a big thing, like, if you got a ticket, you got a pre-invite to the next tournament, right? So it was always very difficult to get tickets to Warzone because they would sell out instantly because half of the, the tickets more than half would go to the people who came before right right and so if you went before and you danny, had to, i was gonna say as danny and i know the powers of nepotism uh getting us <laughs> to where we are today <laughs> well val's been uh val's been to, to warzone so he can test he's a warzone atlanta winner right so he's actually won uh wars atlanta so uh absolutely uh, but, uh, so like val spent literally months downplaying his abilities or maybe that's just how i heard things uh are you saying he won uh warzone atlanta he did he did so you have to understand at warzone atlanta there's a four major prize winners and i kind of like said we try to give uh, as prizes as as many people we can we want to give prizes so there's prizes mm-hmm. for everything, right and so we can kind of talk into about what makes warzone kind of unique and different than a regular tournament but like at the top, you have kind of the best general, like the, the most wins or whatever, war master. You have like the sigillite, which is kind of like the best overall. Or, um, um, you have you have the kind of best painted and then you have the best sports. Right. So all of those are kind of equal prizes in the terms of war zone. Like the person who wins best general is the same as the person who wins best painted. Right. As far as prizes and recognition. Right. So there's like the top four uh, of war zone winners. So. Uh, I've won Warzone, Val's won Warzone, so we're the same as far as the Warzone uh, status goes. But uh, yeah, he, he came in hot, man. Val is like furiously disagreeing with me. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're, we're trying to record. Holy cow. 
I'm surprised since you guys are Warzone Eskimo brothers that you guys just don't have a closer relationship. <laughs> um, but, but one of the great things about Warzone, like, so, yeah, so you have those prizes that you can go for and win, but there's prizes for, you know, day two, you get brackets. So it's, it's one of those tournaments where, like I said, you're not ever wanting to quit because there's always this fun thing that you can win something for. You're never out of it to win a prize. I think at the end of the day, when you go to a tournament, you're really just trying to have fun and see your friends. But like, it's nice to win something, right? Like, you mm. know, it's nice to get a box or get a get a ribbon or get something, right? And so Warzone's really great about that. There, you'll get out of the 100, 200 people that go to it, you'll get 80, 90 people will probably win something. Right? That's so awesome. That's, you know, and way. Thomas, it sounds more like a party than a tournament. It is absolutely a party for sure. Atlanta, we talked about beer wenches, right? Like those are those are real. Um, <laughs> we did, but, uh, did. but that's right. No, I mean it's it's all about. So I think in those early days, right, we could pick our own waitresses. Now it depends on which. Oh, okay. Kind of like, <laughs> We're gonna have some black Forty. templar waiters there as well. Now. Equal uh, opportunity. I see. But no, at the you you end up with this big uh party but you at the same time you have the most you have a really big competitive scene as well so you can really play whatever game you want to play right so if you're really competitive you can be like i'm going for uh, you know best general or best overall if i really want to be the best painter in the room you know you can you can play for that and you can play games and you can win we have this system of called bounties so uh there are oh, private towels you can get yeah, bounties right <laughs> You can uh, you can issue bounties yourself, like so players can do some bounties, or you know we'll have some pre-made bounties, but you'll win awards for different things that will happen in the game. So um, typically, uh, I'm always usually playing or involved in the event, but I'm kind of like the unofficial ambassador, so like, I want to welcome you. It's a big family, right? So if you're a new face, I'm definitely going to meet you in person, shake your hand, buy you a drink, welcome you to the, to the event if you haven't been there. But then you're going to be like. Here too introduced to the bounty system right and so mm -hmm. well, usually we'll have a big bounty it'll be like a scavenger hunt type of event right so you'll have this checklist of things you do throughout the weekend and then there'll be like a big prize like a painted army will be you'll win that and you know if there's ties it'll be a big raffle for that but you're like i know one year we had like knights were a big army that people were taking um that was back when they fell out or exploded if you rolled the six things just automatically died you know those back oh, seven, six edition mm -hmm. six edition yeah so mm -hmm. i think uh, a bounty that i had it was funny because back then when you issued the bounty you could pretty much write whatever you wanted then you had to issue the reward right so like hey if they do xyz of thing you mm -hmm. win a, a beer right and so you had like three things that you can like you know give as a prize right and so mm -hmm. as the person issuing the bounty you would just pay for that as if that ever happened right so you can make the thing as difficult or as easy as you wanted and then there's the prize right so i wrote on there i'm like hey there's no choice for unlimited right and they're like no 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 and i'm like hey no unlimited right so i like issued like 10 bounties one of them was if a knight dies and explodes and kills another knight i'll buy you a, a you know some dice and a beer right or something nice. like that. so i mean hey if that happens that's a fantastic thing right like so in the first round um, like, thank goodness it's not going to happen. Yeah, like, Thomas, we need you up at the front <laughs> counter. I'm like, oh, yeah. I go up there, and they're like, yeah, this your bounty with the knights, it happened. I'm like, oh, great. They're like, well, so let me meet the guy. Like, the guy comes up and tells me the story. I'm like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. 
And so, yeah, here's your price. Tell me he's all excited. He's living the story, right? You know, you go to hear the stories. And that's round one. I'm hearing this guy's fantastic story. This night blows up. <laughs> so he goes away from his prize. I'm like, oh, that was great. Go back to my game. Um, halfway through the game. It's still first round, right? Halfway through the game. Thomas, I need you up here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's happening? They're like, another night has exploded. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, guy comes up. He's like telling me the story. I'm like, I still got my game to play, but I'm like, I'm enthralled by this guy's story. I'm like, like how many night players are here? So the first round, three players did that. So I'm like, I handed out a lot of guys right there. I'm like, oh man, oh boy. Rush back. I'm sorry, opponent. Let me buy you a drink. Let's finish our game. And then I'm like, okay, don't call me until after the game. I'm telling everyone. You know, so this is our first time of doing bounties. So second round happens mm-hmm. seven, seven times. This is, can you see? Seven, oh four nights. One guy. It, it blew up and then blew up on another night. So the night that died, <laughs> fell in and blew up a third night. And he's like, does that mean I get two prizes? I'm like, hell yeah, it does. So I was just kidding. <laughs> Put it on the credit card, right? So we're just like buying all these prizes for everybody. So over the course of that weekend, I think 15 nights blew up 15 other nights. So uh, there was a lot of prizes just for that one bounty. So there was a, there, I think at that time I had a void shield generator. It's like, if you kill a void shield generator, you get a prize. Like, even if you are losing and you're in the down in the bottom of the brackets, just having the worst game, you're getting your keys kicked in and you kill a void shield generator because no one liked those things back in the day. No, they sure you didn't. Got a prize, no. Right? You got a prize. So there's always something to get a prize for, right? So that, that was the power of uh, the bounties. People would call out, if you beat Val, I'll, I'll give you a prize. If you get a selfie with, you know, so-and-so, I'll give you a prize, right? There's also- It's ironic new- because Val also tells me if I beat him, then I can get a prize. Uh, <laughs> very hopeful to try and redeem one day. Um, so moving on, so uh, Wars John, on Atlanta- I don't think you want that was- prize. <laughs> it's like the-, uh, the, the, the I appreciate you keeping it. Still PG thirteen, Danny. Appreciate that. You're welcome. I'm um, doing my best. So moving, but so you got like Warzone Atlanta going, and you kind of got your tournament. Secret. We we move on, and you started Pro Tabletop. So you mentioned earlier a little bit about how you kind of wanted to bring more like of an esports and more of like a professional gaming air to it. Like, how did Pro Tabletop come about? So uh, a guy named Brad Weir. So he's a he, he in his day job he works for an esports company, right? So they they do uh, Smite and some of the uh, other uh, kind of gaming leagues, escalation leagues, uh, you know, esports leagues. And, uh, you know, he was like, hey, I love Warhammer. Um, I want to talk about how do we bring this to that? So I ended up running into Brad. Mm-hmm. We started talking about Warhammer. I, you know, he's in this area. So if you're in this area, at some point, you're going to run into me if you're playing Warhammer. So we started chatting about it. And I'm like, well, I know some guys, you know, and we, we have this tournament. Like, yeah, we, we can figure out how to make this happen. So we kind of teamed up with the Warzone Atlanta guys. Those are all my, my crew. And uh, we're like, well, let's let's do some video stuff here at Warzone Atlanta. And then we'll kind of you know figure out how we translate that into the full eSports experience. And what would that take, right? And so Brad is a very, you know, direct guy, go-getter guy, love Brad to death. And he had some new ideas that were different than what we normally see in the normal Warhammer tournaments, like the big cash prizes and, you know, uh, what that might or might not bring out in the uh, opponents who were, you know, we were, we were worried that people were going to be like, hey, if $10,000 is on the line, if you want to see a jerk in a regular Warhammer game, wait till, you, you know, money's on the line, right? They're going to be a real yeah. jerk. And so, then, yeah. so when you guys like announced that and you, you announced like, you know, the $10,000 prize, uh, the partnership, kind of the more esports thing, it was a really like a sort of mixed reaction from the community where were you sort of surprised by the kind of the push? Yeah, you, you know, 
Yeah. So of course, my first thought of adding, you know, you know, you know, I always kind of look for the most optimistic view, right? Like people are going to be, mm -hmm. yeah. There's, there's always things, some bad apples, but like people are going to be good people, right? Like we're playing Warhammer, it's going to be great. We're, I'm like focused on, hey, we're going to broadcast, we're going to have all these neat things, we're going to, I'm going to have the John Madden Telestrator, I'm going to be drawing out, <laughs> talking tactics, and uh, yeah, people are like, oh, you know. They're ruining the game, and this is not what it's about. And, you know, this is all, you know, this, and we're trying to do brackets, and we're trying to have fixed terrain and a preset terrain where we had our own special maps made. So, yeah, it was a, it was very uh, difficult to, to like wrap my head around the kind of the the, the division that we kind of saw in the community because there were some mm -hmm. some pretty vocal people who were pretty much against it, and they were like. They were like salivating at the thought of us failing, right? And so for me, I was like heart and soul committed into it. So I wanted to be above board. I wanted to make sure that we were, you know, fully transparent on things. But I wanted to put on a great event, right? I wanted it to be successful, and I wanted my name attached to it. I'm like, it's got to be legitimate, right? Like, because for me, this is this is something that's personal, uh, not just a business, right? So um, we wanted to do a good job, and you know. We try to elicit feedback from the community so we can kind of tweak it to make it a good event, right? So we wanted to see what people wanted, and it was it was an interesting time. And uh, again, I think up until that mo the moment we went live, there was a lot of like doubters and haters that were like tuning in to just watch it explode, and we ended up having a good event. So, so good. Thomas, you have an excellent <laughs> reputation in the Warhammer community. Why do you think that people were like that? You know, I think. You know, when we first started it, uh, I, I don't know necessarily that I was like forefront in the this is my event or I'm mm -hmm. running. It, or, you know, I was just kind of I was one of the talking heads. I, you know, I was going to be one of the shoutcasters. Um, but uh, Brad was the kind of the go getter and the one who was leading the charge. So he was the really the man with the experience from the esports side. So he was really putting things out there, going and getting people's engagement, setting up the format. And he wasn't really known in the tournament scene, right? Like, there, who's this bad guy who's coming in, upsetting all the apple carts, right? We don't know this guy from Adam. Mm -hmm. And you, yeah, you know, and, and, and Thomas was over here, kind of like, hey, 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 this is going to be good, you guys. Trust me, we're working on it, right? And it's the Warzone guys. You like the Warzone guys? We're working yeah. on it with them, right? Like, and so that kind of got lost in translation. Everyone was just like, Brad can be a little bit brash if you don't know Brad. Um, and I love Brad to death. Brad's one of my one of my really good friends, really close friends. We get to know each other as we built this business together, and um, he means really well, and his heart is in it. So, but he is, I mean, he, if if he doesn't if he doesn't like if you don't give him what he needs, he's just going to go to the next guy and make whatever he needs to do to get it done, right? So, if you tell me you can't put this tournament on, he's like, well, okay, I'm done with you. I'm going on to the next guy. So, uh, and some people didn't really take well to that. So, I think once we kind of understood that we had to kind of understand hey let's 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 put me kind of more to the face of where we're talking with people and then let, let everyone show you know mm -hmm. let's just run a good event i think that's what we focused on afterwards we're like well when we have a successful event then you know people will know that we're serious and of course covid yeah. happened after we had a great event and it just kind of <laughs> momentum just like went in the toilet because like, oh, yeah. i was gonna say like the 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 pro tabletop event actually went over successfully had like a great stream um, had great mm -hmm. reviews from people who were there. Um, did you, what kind of vindication did you feel like after the event sort of went off? And what was the general reaction from the community post event? Um, I think it was really strong. It was kind of leading right up into LVO. Like, so that was kind of in December and then LVO was right in January. So we kind of had this big push. 
Uh, it was Siegler versus Nick Nanavati in the end. And so Siegler was on this big tear of winning all of the tournaments. I think he just won wards on Atlanta right before that. He won pro tabletop, got the big check, got the big like Super Bowl ring, uh, which we finally got to him. We need to get some pictures of him with that big ring. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Be like the size of his hand. He wore his yeah, I know. We're like, <laughs> Offering on the tournament table, like, yeah, let's, let's it's play. literally just Thanos's gauntlet actually with uh, <laughs> with pro tabletop logo on it, yeah. But then he went on to LVO and won, you know, one LVO, right? Like, so it was like, you know, he was just like crowned the champion of just winning every every event over that big stretch of time. So it was really kind of neat to be a part of that, you know, that that history of him just kind of dominating it. So uh, it was good. It was very exciting. We were very excited about the next events. We we're we we're kind of gearing up to like hey we're doing broadcasting this is kind of before you know you guys were doing all this stuff we're like hey we want to be able to broadcast your events yep. too other events it's, right so. it's all me it's all me and danny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know that was kind of the first time like you know because you had like the top downs here and there but this was like the first time we were brought like the the, the, the shout casters the people talking having the graphics on the screen really they kind of warhammer mm-hmm. so we wanted to do something neat new and fresh and uh, again we're still kind of trying to do that now so it just kind of has taken a, a step back but uh with i got some i got some new tricks for you guys you oh, know we watched the gw event very excited to watch uh what y'all did there um and we you know we have some things that we want to you know try to increase I was that gonna say, what what is your unbiased opinion of the coverage provided by gw and and, and that for like warhammer streaming in future it's kind of nice we're getting away from just the little webcam duct tape to the top of a pole yeah. or screwed into a ceiling. <laughs> um, where do you see that going? Because you're you're asking people to be engaged for like up to three hours or maybe even just an hour, depending on the game. Yeah, you know, when you when you of course when you're playing the game, you have a different level of understanding of it than when you're watching it, right? So just watching the game, there's you know, there's lots of dull moments. And so understanding mm-hmm. how to cast that how to switch how to have people that can talk to the camera how to make it engaging not for not only for that avid tournament goer which is just a small percentage of your potential audience but also make it for my wife or somebody who doesn't really care but wants to kind of watch and tune in or just a random stranger who's like what is this i want to see more right and get them kind of interested in the hobby right because if we can get more people playing warhammer the things that we really love who doesn't want that right so that was a kind of big eye-opener just watching that process as we kind of learned it with pro tabletop um and then watching how you guys did it as well like we, you know we picked up on a lot of those things like having paul and nick you know you have that a very personable person like kind of going after the audience making sure you're explaining the basic things but then you're having that really person who knows how to play the game really well and nick going in and he's very funny and entertaining as well so those two had great chemistry but they can also kind of talk about the game and then just pick up on the table what's happening when you have the top down, if you don't have all the extra camera angles, that really helps. You can't really see exactly what's going on. So like mm-hmm. having close up shots of different units, when it's happening, what's shooting what, talking about it. So it's it's a little bit more clear. Gives you just kind of context when you're when you're talking about the game. So you need all those things. There's a lot of moving pieces to make it entertaining to watch for that long. And you also have to have multiple games because inevitably someone's gonna be walking slow or it's gonna be a blowout. There's not there's not always excitement. In every single game, so you got to be able to flip the different games to make it so you have content to watch. So, but I felt like I was engaged. I was actually at the beach. <laughs> so the wife was like, "We haven't been to the beach, and you've been doing all these Warhammers. We got to have a vacation." So we went to the beach, 
uh, that weekend. And I'm like on my phone watching where uh, on the beach. Like, and she's like, fine, we're at the beach. She, she wasn't complaining too much. So it was actually funny. I was watching it from the beach. And I was like, I'll look at it. So it was great. I was texting Nick and Paul. I'm like, you guys are doing great. So I, I really enjoyed the traffic. I was excited. I'm like, I can't wait to go. But it also got the juices flowing. I'm like, well, you know, that's what we want to do, right? We do that stuff, right? And uh, how can we how can we do that also? And what can we plan? Because we're planning on doing Warzone. Mm -hmm. uh, how can we up the game for Warzone to really make it uh, shine? So Yeah. I will have to say, like, I think it was the Lone Star Open where they, they, they would show introduce, like, the side-on player cams where I had the, you could see the table and then the two players. Yeah. And, like, when I first saw it, I was just like, I hate this. I don't like this at all. Where is it? Where's the game? But then as you kind of watch throughout the game and you're able to kind of see that body language. So you see, like, you know, player one make a move. And then you see his opponent go, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta like catch that. the reactions, man. You gotta catch the reactions. A couple, we have some great shots at, at the pro tabletop at the Atlanta Open, the event we had, where like we we had just like people walking around, with big cameras on their shoulder, like scoping their faces as things were happening. So sometimes we had some great candid shots of things not going so well, and <laughs> you just got some, <laughs> which is classic, of course. And that's part of it too, right? Like that's yeah. a huge part of it. The, the human you interaction. Wanna, yeah, you know, like, and you, you start rooting for your fa you know, your favorite players, right? You want to see how they're reacting to it, right? Or, you know, you want to watch them, right? You're Now you're not just watching Admech play against Eldar. You're watching Richard Siegler play against, you know, whoever, right? Like, so you you get attached to those those characters or those, those players, right? And so that's kind of mm -hmm. the thing that we kind of picked up on eSports. People like the players, right? And they want to follow, well, how's so-and-so doing? I want to know how they're doing. And uh, it's less necessarily about the army itself. It's about watching them their reactions on camera so yeah for sure so after um like the the coverage and you had your pro tabletop open like i said it was really successful you were doing some new things with streams there's multiple tables all that other kind of fun stuff you guys move forward and changed into tabletop life tell me a little bit about that transition uh the the decision to kind of move over to that name and kind of where you were going from there yeah so from a branding perspective pro tabletop like professional you know like you know, i'm going to be a that's going to be my job is to play Warhammer for money. Like that, that has some negative connotations and that's not necessarily like where we want to be our full focus. We wanted to have broadcast and make Warhammer accessible to the masses and make it more, um, you know, appealing for everyone. But that also involves the new people, right? Like, so, you know, and then Warhammer is more than just like getting paid to play, right? Like winning a prize. It's there's there's the whole hobby aspect of it, right? There's mm -hmm. painting, there's the community, there's the social, there's the building, the collecting, all the things that make Warhammer great, right? So we, we kind of wanted to say, hey, it's more about it's more than just professionally playing. It's also about the life of Warhammer, right? Like tabletop life, right? You once you're playing Warhammer, you're you're like that's that's what you do, right? That's that's all. It, it can be all encompassing, right? It could take a lot of your time, right? So for me personally, um, it is a big portion of my life. And so I felt like that name was a little bit more uh, representative and also kind of you know, encompassing. So we still have our pro tabletop team. So from a competitive side, we like to do a lot of competitive content, but we also want to have more educational, more kind of, hey, this is why we love the game. Come, come, come join us and, and watch it with us, right? So... I think that's why we shifted the brand. So we still have pro tabletop for the team and stuff. But, uh, and I think from a broadcast perspective, we really want to like step that up so people can get the same content that you guys deliver. So it's going to be fun stuff. Man, love Danny. You personally deliver it. It's, it's great. Yeah. 
Sorry, John, what were you going to say? I totally okay, you, Danny, you personally deliver all of the content. So like all of the Ocho streaming, <laughs> that is certainly not uh, Valentry Dick. Uh, you coach the commentators successfully mm -hmm. to the point where they're just mannequins to your skills. Yeah, um, me, the puppet master, as I'm known behind the scenes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of that is fake, everyone. All yeah. of that is fake. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who turns Seth Green on signals with envy um that's terrible we'll say pro tabletop as a team who designed your shirts because every team now oh, has good. to have the 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 athletic shirts the with the wicking material to keep the the, 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 the stress moisture yeah going. yeah yeah so you have to i have to I have to chalk that up with brad so i mean brad used to have a clothing company that he uh Oh. Uh, back in the day so he's got a lot of experience in that, that realm obviously from the esports perspective they have jerseys and the whole team thing so they had a lot of vendors and and stuff set up for that so he has all those contacts and then some and then he's just a great artwork guy so like, he came up with that whole branding for pro tabletop i think he did that all in the span of like two days and then he had he had the shirts ready to go so like he's a mm -hmm. madman um a mad scientist you you dream up an idea brad's the guy that's gonna go make it happen like yeah. Jaime's jersey at Charity Hammer was so, and yours too, of course. Like was so cool <laughs> with like the space, like the space wolf symbol, like kind of faded into it and stuff. So it was like personalized for him and his army. Of course, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, so I wouldn't want to put on an esports jersey because I would look like an overstuffed sausage. But like, <laughs> uh, like I'm, I'm totally jealous of the wear. It looked, it looked real good, real, real tight. Well, thanks. I think we're going to have some, so we don't really, we haven't really sold merch. So like we, we were going to plan to have some unveiling of some merchandise so for folks that want that sort of thing. Um, I feel like, yeah, people have gave us a lot of comments. They're like, where do I buy that, that jersey? I like it too. But yeah, we really were, I got all those coins made with everyone's special character. So like what army you played, yeah. I got a little challenge coin that had our personal kind of artwork. So like I play Ultramarine, so I had Tigerius made, Brad plays Eldar, so you had a little Farseer guy made. So we had someone, mm -hmm. an artist to create Kind of that artwork and i made a coin out of it and then brad's like hey why don't we get that artwork on our jersey right so like yeah there you go we had to make Jaime of a space wolf guy and then we put that on the thing we're getting the coin made for him so all the the new members as we do and we're going to get all the different characters eventually made so all the armies will have some sort of representation and then you'll have jerseys and, and coins for all those things so it's neat but uh yeah we really liked it people really love it and uh, yeah, it's it really kind of the team jerseys kind of stand out. So I like. Them. No, I I say stupid stuff all the time, but like team jerseys have like will ever stick with me is like one of the stupidest things I've said to anyone. And I can't remember it was one of the Art of War guys. I was like, man, was like why? How do you wear those jerseys three days in a row? Aren't they gross by then? Like, oh no, we have more than one. And just a, <laughs> a really disappointed look at me, and I'm like. In my head, I'm like, that's like $75 a jersey. You're insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was oh, an, an unfortunate moment, um, I think. Luckily, many more stupid things to say uh, as we move along here. <laughs> Danny. John, when you go to war, you got to dress your yeah. best. So you it's do. worth it. I'm bringing yeah. a spare change of clothes. I'm here dropping the bucket. I'm here dropping the bucket once right. you start talking about how much you actually spend on Warhammer and all the things you do. That's fair. This is like the bizarre hobby where like I'm like, well, I don't want to spend like two hundred dollars for a plane ticket for like my twenty five hundred dollar army made for like a thousand dollars worth of paints and basing materials. That's just too much. <laughs> exactly right. And we get that comment all the time about uh, 
freaking Warzone because Warzone has like a real high ticket price, right? So to bring it back yeah. to Warzone, the uh, that's always kind of the things. Well, I can't afford that. That's too much. Why is it so much, right? And when you, when you get used to like the other events, ticket prices, it's it's sometimes double that price or a little bit more. And you're like, well, why is it so much? And we kind of bill it as that premium event. But what we didn't really talk about when we talked about it earlier was, yeah, I got tables, individual tables for everybody. I got the table service, but I also have long rounds. I have catered lunch. I don't have to go anywhere. I have to wait in a line. Like the the lunch is is made for you, included in that ticket. So you just go sit down in a in the lounge. You got you got the buffet there for you with a nice mm -hmm. meal. It's really nice. You just sit down and talk about all your games with your buddies, and you're you're really hanging out with your buddies. You're not having to rush to a line, you know, like eat, crew PAs eat, or and, you know, and then run back to the next game and just be stressed out and tired. And you know, like no, like have a beer, get a freaking steak dinner right there for lunch, yeah. and then you know, go back and get a tequila shot for the next round, like whatever you know, like that's what it's all about, right? So part of all that's included in it, right? So you don't have to yeah. leave the place go eat it's all there you have time to sit down and eat you have time for all the rounds to play out without having to rush or stress so that's that's one of the bigger things too that you know it kind of is all wrapped up in that ticket price so people don't really yeah. kind of think about it you're like well i'm going to pay all this money to fly out there well you're getting a lot more than just the ticket right if you don't think about it, i gotta buy food i gotta buy all this stuff so that's another thing that people just kind yeah. of go mad about the ticket price in, in the context of you're like well yeah you just bought a you know five hundred dollars worth of two new models that GW just released, right? Like you, you're going to, you're going to moan about them. You have to yeah. game, game the system to, to earn it all back there. Um, <laughs> Thomas, you said you, you've played Ultramarines for like the last three to five years. Uh, what drew, drew you to Ultramarines as an army? Oh man. So I love, so my first army ever out of uh, Warhammer was obviously Ultramarines, right? So you pick up the starter box. I think I got in third edition is when I started playing and it was like Ultramarines versus I don't even remember what was in the other side of the box. It was like Battle for McCrag or something was the box that orcs. orcs. Yeah. So that was my first army. Um, I, I bought all my stuff. I found it on the internet. If I, uh, if I had to kind of like, how did I discover Warhammer? I was reading an article on Penny Arcade, which uh, the, the online comics, right? And they had some yeah. article or they had some comic about Warhammer and it like sparked a, oh, I've seen this once a time before. And it was like, some old board game I played when I was 10 years old and I saw an ad for Space Marines. I'm like, this looks great, but who wants to paint all this stuff, right? Like, I don't want to, I just want to get paint. <laughs> so fast forward, I'm like, eh, well, how do I buy this? And I'm searching the internet and it's like Neil at the war store. I'm like, oh yeah, let me, let me buy something. And of course it's like, oh, yeah. buy the army bundle, right? You're like, I, I weigh more things than you can ever possibly need. And then I'm building it all and I have no context of how to play the game, but I'm just building it. And then I'm like, well, I can't play it until mm -hmm. I, painted right so i don't want to paint i just want to play and you're like well i'll paint it and uh, ultramarines ended up being that first one and so that's kind of how i got started on ultramarines and then just from a, a army perspective i tend to like like the the quote-unquote the good guys you know so i mm -hmm. steer away from chaos and stuff i really like to get the, the the good guys i guess you can argue that the imperium and space marines in general they're not necessarily good but uh um, I like. I mean, that. Ultramarines only enslave 500 worlds. Yeah, it's fine. exactly. exactly. <laughs> kind of like we go all day long. Like, well, you know. But then, uh, and I love characters, right? So Hero Hammer, that sort of thing. Anything that like characters can have that moment. I'm always playing games to set up these little micro moments. And for me, one of the big things, if you've ever played a game against me, um, I hope that you get to, is you'll usually typically never know if I'm winning or losing. 
right? Like I'm, I'm always hot, excited. I'm always jumping up and down. I'm always hooping and hollering. There's a loud spectacle usually happening at my table. Alcohol not required, right? Like we're even we're just playing a normal game. And, uh, <laughs> Fine, it's not required. It's, it's because even if I'm losing, I'm like looking for that like one little moment in the game that now is going to tell a story or I'm going to have a good thing about, right? Like so. Hey, I'm gonna go for this Hail Mary because it, it'll be cool, even though I'm getting my teeth kicked in. Like if this little lieutenant runs over here and uh, you know kills their their, their warlord, right? So like all those types of things, right? So um, for me, Gilliman, obviously he's like one of the main guys. Like he's the main. As soon as that character came out, I'm like, oh man, he's the, you know how many armies get a Primarch? Not that many. And then you know, like if you read any of the stories, like hey, this guy's this is the man, right? So um, from a lore perspective, I was stoked. It was my main army that was. That was awesome. And then he's the ultimate hero leading a bunch more heroes. So that if you look at my ultimate army, it's like all these characters running around doing crazy stuff. So uh, I love it. That, that, that gets me excited to play. <laughs> Heck yeah, yeah, you're looking very happy over there. I know. I can't. I can't no, I it's, you know, it's, I just, it's just cool, man. I always like to hear people's origin stories, right? So it's yeah. always good to hear kind of like why they're stuck with the army that they're kind of known for. Except or when, me. except in 2019, when you switched to Iron Hands for LVO, because I remember that. Oh man! So, <laughs> I, I don't know how much time we got here, but like, I'll keep it real brief. The I was playing Ultramarines, and I was like, "Yeah, Ultramarines." And then Iron Hands came out. I'm like, and and if you've ever asked me, and my friends always joke, um, I've never lost a game because by the time I've, I've I've come back from the game, I've rewritten the story in my brain of how I've actually won. <laughs> I would have won if I did this or, you know, like that's how they joke with me. But so I, I was playing it and then there's never uh, an unsolvable problem. Like no matter how broken this army of the day is or this, I can always find a way. There's always a way to beat it. It may not be good against something else, but there's a way to beat that thing. Right. And so I'm like, when Iron Hands came out, I'm like, man, the challenge has been thrown. This is ridiculous. I'm going to, I'm going to beat it. Right. And so I'm playing all these games and LVO, this is going to be my first time ever going to LVO. And I'm like, I cannot, my list that beats Iron Hands, which that's very difficult, mm-hmm. yeah. is demolished by Imperial Fist. Like those two like came out at the same time. And it was like, <laughs> I, one of those, I'm just like coin flip, I lose, right? Like it's not even, it's, it's, if I build this list, I automatically lose to the other list. If I right. beat that list, I lose the other one. So I'm like, oh, and I struggled, I struggled, I struggled, and I could not figure it out. And then like, I was talking with Nick, he had come up for Warzone. I think that was the first year he came mm-hmm. up with Warzone, and he had his Iron Hands list. And uh, I'm all excited, you know. I'm like, I'm gonna play Nick, and he like destroys me. Like it was not even a game. I felt like like I didn't even show up to the game. He did beat me so badly, and I'm like, I did not give you my best game there, Nick. I don't feel like I'm representing my skill here. You just destroyed me. But great game. We'll have to try another one next time. And he's like, you should. Yeah, so I was talking to Nick. He's like, you should just play. Iron Hands. I'm like, no, 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 Ultramarines. She's like, no, just play Iron Hands. I'm like, nah. He's like, just, you got all the Marines there. Just make those blue guys count as Iron Hands. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> Anyone with me, like, blue guys are blue. You know, red guys are red. There's no, like, calling Ultramarines Iron Hands. No, that is no go. So he's like, well, play Iron Hands. didn't Hand. even refund the $37 he charged you for that advice. To so I was like debating it. I was I was looking at the guys, and then um, I was like, "Man, how, how badly do I want this?" I'm like, "Well, if I'm going to play Iron Hands, because that's a that's like a you know a sin, right? I'm swapping from Iron uh, from Ultramarines over to Iron Hands. Like I'm changing my love for the 
for the enemy, the new hotness. Um, I got to pay the hobby price, man. I can't just go in there with blue guys. I had to start a whole new army. So it was two weeks out. I make this decision. Blister do right. I'm like iron hands. I'm like, okay, let's go build a 2000 point army and get it painted before LVO that I've never played before. Let's do this. Of course. It's there. It's yeah. there. It, it, I've played it a few times since then, but I ended up going five and one. I think I lost one game. Uh, and it was like against, was it against Iron Hands. Oh, I'm no, raving. no, I actually, I, I, I beat an Iron Hands, I beat an Imperial Fist guy, I uh, I beat an Eldar guy, I beat an Orc guy. It was, it was, a, it was a, a wide mix of armies, and uh, but uh, it was good, it was a good time. I beat, I lost a Raven guy, I had never played They're just the, the waiting oh, for that. They've got oh, some sorry, skills, yeah. No, that that list at that time had a, had a had some pretty good answers to Iron Hands with just like mortal wound output and things like that with the scouts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I like, was just waiting for the yeah. Sarah McLaughlin style video playing, just panning over shelves of like these hundreds <laughs> of Iron Hands armies that got pulled out <laughs> January to February 2019 and have uh, unloved and unused. And actually, until this month, where where they've come out quite strong. Iron Hands are strong. Like, there's some really yeah. good strong. There's a there's a guy on our team uh, that, that has Iron Hands, and he uh, he's having a tear with them. So we're like, man. This Iron Hands got some plays. So if you're if you're an Iron Hands guy, they still love their Kelly Wallace, the main guy that's behind Warzone. He is a an avid Iron Hands player, um, and he's got an Iron Hand tattoo like back in the day. And he was so yeah. upset that they became so powerful at that time. Like he would not play Iron Hands because like, <laughs> not a hate that he would get. It's so he's like, look, I got a tattoo from like. 20 years ago this is <laughs> not, I didn't pick this up. I'm a for life guy he wouldn't even play iron hands he, he had to unbandwagon thomas that's what he had to do yeah he was like <laughs> it's ridiculous i'm like oh my gosh of anyone yeah. you should be like playing it you know like this is your time. you deserve it your army only danny, if you were to get i was gonna say danny <laughs> if you were to get faction tattoos for for your faction you're playing you would have like literal sleeves and then like across the back <laughs> like all over the front here yeah, I do switch, so that that's fair. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, no, it would be fun waiting for our weekly game to to see what flavor of pain you would bring this week. It was like just a bag of skittles of fun. It's always pain, though, John. It's always yeah, pain. It, it, it is always pain. It is. So, Thomas, you're getting ready for the Las Vegas team tournament. You said you're taking sisters. Uh, what is it about, like, sort of? Uh, the team tournament event. And obviously you said you were taking sisters because you couldn't take your beloved ultramarines there. But what drew you to that particular faction? So, um, you know, one of our good friends, um, uh, Horton, and he, he he's a big guy, a uh, big fan of the sisters, right? So he's always talking about the big deals, tells them big deals, all the characters. And so that army has a lot of characters, right? You can really nuts with characters there. So, uh, you know, I have a big love of characters right so that that kind of appealed to me you have more involved the new model came out it's a fantastic model so a lot of times i'll build my list not always the most efficient because there'll be a cool model either a conversion or a character that i really like and i'm like i'm determined mm -hmm. to make that thing good right so i'll do that all the time but you're like i'm switching from ultramarines and now you got basically mini gilman right morbid balls <laughs> right there i'm like how do i not do morbid ball um and then you know just the kind of the aesthetic and the appeal of all the little sisters. Um, it's just like, there's a lot of cool models in that range and they just oh, yeah. do a bunch of new stuff. Right. So I was like, yeah, this is great. So I've been, I am for a while, a couple players I played. And then once I kind of played against Wharton and he showed me the mechanics of the, uh, the miracle dice and how that worked. 
And like mm-hmm. the skill level of if you know how to manipulate the miracle dice, because like sisters is like one of those armies if you never played it and you walk up to it the first time, it doesn't matter how much they explain to you what's about to happen to you, you don't really know, right? And I used to play Warcon a lot. Uh, War Convocation, the old AdMech list where you got all the free points. There's a bunch of like tables that you had to kind of walk through your opponent with, but like that yep. army was super like skilled. If you did all the right buttons at the right time, that army could just do whatever. And I like that really toolkit list. And so I feel like Sisters had that same thing and it had a real high skill gap. And again, we talked about the complexity of armies. The more complex it is, the more I really like it, right? So it just really appeals to my nature of I'm going to optimize things and Mm-hmm. handle any situation because when i walk into an army i want that army to be able to fight everything everything and anything i want it to be able to play and the, my nature is i'm going to iterate and build every little version of it so if you go in my house into my studio you'll see one million half painted because <laughs> i have a lot that are painted but you'll see half a million that didn't quite make the cut but they were there for a bunch of practice games before <laughs> i'll never paint a guy unless he's going into a tournament that's that's the oh. thing i have uh, there's sure. a lot of guys, but they'll never get painted. That's, that's why Calgar has never been painted. Ultraman guy, I don't have Calgar painted because he's terrible. Maybe a couple of FAQs oh. from now. Maybe a points drop or so. Maybe. Maybe. You're like, well, you just take Gilman out. He's so many points. Just take Calgar. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> you, you, were, uh, <laughs> talk, you were talking about your studio. Uh, and I know you talked a little bit before about your, your nerd basement uh, and all the amazing things in there. Why don't you describe... Uh, you're recording hobby space a little to us. Oh yeah. So before we, you know, before we switched to like the YouTube channel, we didn't really have a, like a professional studio um, mm-hmm. at a location. You know, we were kind of like, it's a broadcast. So we take the equipment to the event, but uh, you know, my basement is my gaming space and we play probably two or three times a week. So we're playing, I'm playing five or six games a week at least. Um, and uh, we have five gaming tables down there. Um, I basically mm-hmm. have a whole store. You know, when anything gets released by GW, I just have a standing order at my local gaming store to just get three of everything. So it just seems that way. So, like, uh, you know, I have all the books, every kind of card. I've never really played. I have stuff that's still wrapped. Tons and tons of boxes of stuff. And uh, it's funny because, like, when COVID hit and all the shortages happened, people started needing models for new uh, armies. And they're like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is all sold out. This is all out of stock. I don't have it. You know, like, walk into my house. I'm like, well. You need some venoms. You need some raiders. Oh, there's five of them right there. I, yeah, go ahead. Help yourself. Yeah, well, I seem to out. still have some in stock. Yeah, <laughs> I got plenty. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So they, the store is there. Obviously, there's this. So then we incorporated the studio, right? So we're like, well, this was going to be my uh, uh, theater room, and so we turned it into the studio because we needed a place to do live broadcasts, and uh, we were doing mm-hmm. battle reports and stuff. So. Uh, we were already kind of playing games there every week. So we we're like, yeah, you know, why don't we just record these while we're playing them and, and then put some content on YouTube? That's kind of how the conversation started. And then we we're like, hey, Thomas, you got a lot of crap here. Why don't we just like organize it a little bit? And then uh, you buy all the latest codexes. You have all these limited edition books and you have all these models everywhere. Like, let's just here, let's put it in the studio. So that's kind of how it, uh, it evolved. And so, again, Brad's the brad's the esports broadcasting guy so he's just like using all of his experience to set up all the cameras and set up all the lighting the equipment and it's all decked out studio wise there's a lot of technology in there so um it's 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 become quite the production it's always funny when people come over and you're like is this a recorded game or is this a regular game you're like this <laughs> don't worry about it sign this yeah. form yeah. Um, though i do i do like that i now have a built-in excuse where i can be like 
No, no, I'm not just buying Warhammer. It's, this is set decoration for for yeah. for when we're getting ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all like you know, every every everyone that comes over knows they're getting free pizza because that's all on the company. Like that's all expense, so you get some meals while you're there. But I'm gonna put you to work because I'm gonna film a game here. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, but those games always take longer, right? Because you're stopping film, you're pausing, you're doing right. these things. You're like you know, two hour, three hour game. It tends to, sometimes can mm -hmm. go a little longer than that. So you're like, well, I gotta feed these guys. I'm putting them through the ringer here. So. It's very jealous. Uh, like Danny, I know we've played Phil the Glacial Geek on his channel a whole bunch. Didn't yep. give us any food. I know, not even <laughs> once. Well, Phil's been up to my house. Maybe so I, I just saw Phil a drink it. once. Just, uh, oh, really? Just, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. Um, you do a lot of stuff, <laughs> Thomas. Here, you're obviously. <laughs> what were you saying? It, it's terrible that he saw Phil recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. No. Phil's a jerk. <laughs> he doesn't even give me any. I was food. meeting. More than he like, he no didn't drink, get no food. I don't even have a talk with this bill. Yeah, yeah, I know. You gotta like, he's in your neck of the woods now. He's your responsibility. Uh, uh, you really gotta, you gotta teach him right because he didn't I'll, know. I'll set him straight. <laughs> um, so as I was saying, sorry before I so rudely interrupted everything anyone else was saying and calling one of the best people on the planet a terrible person, which he is absolutely not. Um, you play, uh, you create content, uh, you run events, uh, and you're doing all of these things. What is your favorite overall aspect of that Warhammer hobby that you do? Ooh, wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, it's so funny because I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't describe myself as a people person, but I'm very, I'm very like a people person once you've got to get me in, in front of like, if you get me out of my house or if you come over to my house, I guess it's where people come to see me. Um, that's my favorite part of the hobby is, is at the end of the day, meeting all the people, enjoying that time together, sharing all those memories, whether you're building it, playing the game, or you're just hanging out, you know, talking crap. It's, it's just the things that you kind of pick up afterwards. Those are the things you remember, right? Those trips that you go on, those, those good times you have, the little inside jokes that you have about every little thing that you've done over the years. That's, that's the things you remember. And that's my favorite mm -hmm. part. Of like, there's, there's so many things I love about Warhammer. I love the game. I love building lists. I love, painting i love the aesthetic of the models i love the hobby and collecting i i have a lot of things i collect i guess but uh at the end of the day it's the people and all the relationships that i have because of it because i have a lot of friends spread a lot of different kind of groups right so it's it's interesting when you start talking to people what do they do for a living and how do you know this person or how you what brings you together and then we're all these different groups like they're not related at all but we all share the same passion and it ends up like having a very cool friend group so it's interesting that's a nice my favorite part amazing and see that's you guys that's the community uh apart from black templar players uh who <laughs> are not a part of the community uh whatsoever uh thomas thank you so much for coming on and talking to us tonight uh go ahead plug your stuff again real quick uh, before we roll on out of here so Go check us out on Tabletop Life, uh, Pro Tabletop. That's on the YouTube. We're going to have bad reports. We're going to be at Vegas. Uh, come out to that or watch the coverage. I'm sure these guys are going to be put on some great coverage. The team events, we, we got a really stacked team. We're going to be doing some good stuff. Check out my sisters. Hopefully, I'll have some videos of me actually painting it because it's not painted right now. we got three weeks, and uh, it's iron hands all over again. <laughs> so, <laughs> the pressure is high. Uh, I'm literally talking about changing the list unless they're doing two minutes. You know, like, so, like, oh my gosh. Um, obviously, Warzone Atlanta is right around the corner. There's still a few tickets left. Normally, they're always sold out by now, but uh, there's some tickets left. So, if you want to go to Warzone Atlanta, it's in November. 
I think it's actually the week before the last GW event. So I'm going to be going to Warzone and then I'm going to turn around and fly out to Austin and go to that GW event the next weekend. So I know that's tough to kind of schedule two big events right before Thanksgiving. But uh, if you haven't have anything going on Veterans Day weekend, you can go to Warzone. You haven't been to Warzone, you don't know what you're missing. It's fantastic. If you are new to Warzone, I will be there to introduce myself and buy you a drink. So you definitely get a free beer on Thomas. So you definitely got to go. Like, well, who doesn't want some free beer? Yeah. Um, I want to go to Warzone now, Thomas. I got Fred a ticket. If you want to come, you know, we can make it happen. So, <laughs> okay. It's going to bring your dog. Danny, <laughs> what else you got to roll over with or roll over with? Roll up with here. Uh, sorry, you just lost me. Did you just tell me to roll over like a dog? Is that <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah? Nice. I, I sure yeah. did. It's in the style guide. You got to do it. <laughs> it is um, not in the style guide. <laughs> what? I'm going to bug you against that this time. <laughs> any any final thoughts here uh, for Thomas? Oh, man, it was so great to have Thomas. What a wonderful guy. Uh, really, really, really glad to have you on. Um, you're a great ambassador for the hobby, and uh, you keep on doing what you're doing, man. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. It was nice meeting you guys out at Charity Hammer. So thanks so much for having me on. Uh, of course, you guys are always welcome in Atlanta. If you're ever in town, I'll be happy to put you up. We'll place more hammers down in the in the studio. I'll buy you some drinks. And then, uh, of course, <laughs> come out the board on, man. Like, let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, awesome. Thomas, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and although I keep meaning to point this out every week and I fail to do so every time, although this is a great video cast live every Tuesday night uh, on the Frontline Gaming Network, this is also an audio podcast and I do make a lot of jokes based on pictures. If you want to see the pictures we're talking about and you're following along, go to at GrimDarkFLGN on Twitter and they will be posted there without any context at all. So they will either be <laughs> in incredibly confusing not very funny uh, or a little bit of both uh but yeah for danny for thomas for producer val for tyler editor man uh we will